You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. is the center of all that we do collectively through the medium of podcasting. Discover over 750 podcast episodes, 20 plus stations, and more than 30 pharmacists contributing to the podcast publications. You can find all of our episodes and channels at pharmacypodcast.com. Special episode today with the official coffee of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, RX Coffee, with Connor Flynn. Excited about this one. All right, we were, we're recording. We are live in Miami. Live to be recorded by the time somebody listens to this. So, welcome to Miami. This is your, your first time here? No, I've been to Miami a bunch. Uh, we have treatment centers down here in uh, South Florida that focus on opioid, the opioid epidemic, and getting people off of opioids and tr- into treatment. So, but not that much. So when I drove down, I was GPS said it will take you 25 minutes, and then when I got on the highway, it says it will take you 45 minutes. I'm like, okay. Welcome to Miami's finest traffic. <laughs> I've, I've I've been here since 2006, and it seems to just get worse every year. It's, it's just a, it's a nightmare. I'm, I'm on the board of directors for the Greater Miami Chamber of Commerce, which is the largest and oldest business organization in South Florida, and they're always talking about transit and this and that, and try to you know get rid of traffic. It's one of the biggest complaints we have down here in the community. But the issue is Miami. I think last time I, I heard talking to one of the former mayors here, there's I think. 38 different municipalities in Miami-Dade County alone. Oh so trying to get them to all work in cohesion <laughs> is not an easy thing to do from the local, state, and federal level to get anything done. That sounds familiar. <laughs> um, so it's it was fun how I found you, Connor. I found you through Instagram. And the brand RX Coffee was so attractive because of, A, it said RX Coffee, and it was it, it, RX obviously is a acronym to uh, to pharmacy, but the black and white logo, um, your um, your commitment to health, uh, your commitment to being better, the vibe of your organization was so positive. So, you know, short five foot seven Todd Yuri with Pharmacy Podcast up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, Steel Town, Steel Town <clears throat> had to get some time to come down and do a recording with you in person, meet you, understand what your mission is, and and carve out a vertical for pharmacists. Pharmacists deserve their own coffee, and I think it should be RX Coffee. Well, it makes sense with the acronym. Uh, this is the best time to be here for you. Uh, it's February. I'm, you know, That's a couple right. weeks ago, it was negative 20 degrees, I believe, in Chicago, so this is really the best time of year to come down here. Uh, summertime, if you ask me how it is in Miami, I'll say it's an oven. We're getting poached to death here slowly with the humidity <laughs> and the high heat. Uh, it's not so much. And I'll uh, be like, I hate you. Weather. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, RX Coffee really started with uh, a, a vision of being health conscious. 
So as we're sitting here, I was mentioning to you before we started this, we're at the, the social media law firm, which was founded by a friend, Ethan Wall, of me, or my friend, Ethan Wall, who's written several books on the topic of social media. He's a, you know, a foregone expert on that, former attorney. He helps advise law practices. But we were actually in a CrossFit gym where we would work out, and he was helping me with the trademarking initially. And I wanted to call the company something else. And he said, that'll never work because it's already trademarked, this and that. And he said, well, what about, you know, RX? And I'm like, ah, that's probably been trademarked a million times as it is for coffee. Because in the CrossFit community, health and fitness community, if you're doing a workout with the prescribed weight and prescribed amount of repetitions, it's referred to as doing an RX. And then I thought about, well, I have family that were in the medical community. That's a great branding because I want to, my whole idea of it was I wanted to bring fresh roasted specialty grade coffee have it widely available to people and tie it into health and fitness and some of my my other interests and i still had a corporate job at the time so that's really how, how the idea was born it's just interesting that we're sitting here in the podcast studio the social media law firm talking about it well first of all ethan you were absolutely correct and i'm jealous i should have grabbed the name rx coffee um, but then again, I couldn't have done anything with it other than found somebody to be a roaster. So this is perfect. Um, second, Ethan, uh, shout out to you. Amazing that you're a lawyer that focuses on social media and there's so much into social media and using it to reach out to clients, reach out to customers, reach out to your fan base, but then staying in the lines of legality and not getting in trouble. And I think pharmacists would be interested in hearing Ethan on the show. So I'm going to follow up with Ethan, see if we can't get him on the Gavel and Pestle podcast, which is our one of our 22 shows that focuses on law and pharmacy. Yeah, when I first started our, my social media account for RX Coffee, which for anybody listening, it's, it's Drink RX Coffee, all our social media. I'm drinking it right now, and it's oh. absolutely delicious. Cheers, so cheers. Way. Yeah, it's awesome. This is one of our uh, Colombian roasts. So we work with a, a lot of different farms from Colombia, and this is our referred to as Wait, our RX roast. I'll, I'll make a sip noise. Mm-hmm. There we go. There we go. Now it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where was it? where was I? What was I mentioning? Oh, the social media. When we I first started the account, I'd get a text message from Ethan. Hey, if you're going to do a contest, you got to do this. You got to do that. So he he knows his stuff. Like I said, I, I don't know how many books he's written at this point, but. Speaking of contests, uh, we are going to do a contest. Connor and I are going to come up with something um, to get the pharmacist community, the Tweeple, I call them Tweeple on Twitter, and the Instagrammers and Facey Spaces. And we're going to um, build something special for pharmacists to be on the lookout for RX Coffee. And in the meantime, drink RX Coffee. That's the handle for your Instagram. You guys, tell me about your social media. Do you What, what, what social media... Um, um, tools do you guys use? Uh, Instagram, for the most part, seems to be the most popular right now. Uh, Facebook a little bit, but I have to be 100% honest, most of the, what we do on Facebook because we're just sharing directly from Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter as well. Uh, we need to be more active in it. One of the goals for this year is to develop more uh, like how-to videos, how to make the perfect French press, how to do a good pour-over coffee, and really help educate the consumer. Because like anybody that likes coffee, I was once a person I really liked coffee. Then the more I started getting into it and I went to these coffee expos, uh, such as the Specialty Coffee Association Global Expo every year, I'd sit in these lectures and I really took to it, you know, like a duck in water. And I would listen to these research scientists talk about it. And I really fell down the rabbit hole, as I call it, of specialty coffee. And I really love learning about it. So I love sharing that with other people. So it's really getting the message across of what is specialty coffee, 
um, educating the consumer about the, not only the health benefits of it, but how to enjoy it properly. Because every coffee, which isn't actually a bean itself, it's actually a seed, um, it has a story behind it. So a couple of things we can control in roasting our coffee is where does it come from? We always want to make sure it's via fair or direct trade and the quality of the coffee being specialty grade. So specialty grade coffee, uh, it, it goes through a rigorous selection process, right? Uh, when the beans are dried and green, they take a, a small sample of it to make sure there's no primary grade one defects, which could be mold, toxicity. Mm -hmm. You can Google these things and look at them. Uh, five primary uh, or, or grade two defects would add up to a primary one defect. So be considered specialty, you have to have zero primary one grade one defects. So we try to wow. work with all, except for maybe a couple of the blends we'll use on the commercial side for wholesale or things like that. We try to focus on having all specialty grade coffee. So it goes through that first testing phase when the beans are dried and green. Then after it's roasted, it's scored by a licensed Q grader from the Specialty Coffee Association. They score it on a scale from one to 100. That's a score above an 80 have at least one unique identifiable trader characteristic. And if anybody ever wants to really learn about the testing procedures uh, for specialty coffee, if you go to the SCA website, for the Specialty Coffee Association, they can learn more about this. Um, so it's really getting that message across to people, like what is the specialty coffee? Because that's a, a loose term. You know, you could have a coffee that scores 81. It's a good coffee, but it's not great. And then you have some coffees that are in the 90s, mid-90s score that are, that are unbelievable and fantastic, great story behind them. But sometimes they're so, so expensive just for a pound of the green bean, beans that the average consumer may not get them. Hmm. Uh, so one of the things with coffee too, you always hear about, well, especially down here in South Florida, Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee or Kona coffee, these origins that have these this mystique about them, right? Well, there's a lot of things that are Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee that might not come from Jamaica or, or come from even Kona. I think the last I checked, it was something like only 70 uh, or, or something like 25, 30% of the beans actually had to come from Kona to be labeled Kona coffee. Then they fill it in with Costa Rican or Central American mm -hmm. or South American beans. Same thing with Jamaican Blue Mountain. You might come from Jamaica, they'll say Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee because there's really not a lot of regulation, I don't think, around that. And people will buy it. It doesn't mean it's great coffee. There's just a mystique around the name. So hilarious that there are similarities between ingredients and substances of what you're talking about coffee and medications and drugs in what they call pedigree and what comes in and what's being tracked and what's being traced through um, the, the me mechanisms that are um, built to protect the consumer. Um, and, it, and it's almost – it's very parallel to what you're saying, but obviously uh, people can die if, if they take the – crappy medication from some foreign land that hasn't been inspected and hasn't had FDA approval. But that's really interesting. If you're a coffee drinker and you love coffee, you love the taste, and you really start to peel down what you like versus someone else, there's probably the most minute changes that you're picking up in really getting into this business. Um, what do you guys do to differentiate yourself from other specialty coffee uh, growers it's something, and drinkers. Well, it's and something we're roasters. always trying to do. I think that because we really want to cater towards the health conscious and fitness community, whether it's the runners, the crossfitters, the martial arts community, or the power lifter, weight lifter type. I mean, that's that's a lot of people that supported us since day one, especially here locally. Uh, there's a lot of CrossFit gyms that have been very supportive. There's a, a CrossFit I used to go to, CrossFit Vita, Brickle that closed, but that, that was the Vita community was very supportive. And then CrossFit Yellow Falcon around the, the corner, uh, 
Live Free CrossFit, uh, CrossFit Soul. I mean, there's just so many of them that have been extremely supportive. My friends at Focus Movement Academy, they have one of the world's, uh, they're one of the leading obstacle course race training gyms, and they're here in South Florida. My friend Christian Bazoda is the owner. Um, they're just, it's an extremely supportive community. So getting the message out to the health and fitness community, because people that are health conscious, much like people that might need medication and that are really focused in on, on it, or a pharmacist, you're focusing on, okay, what is the quality of what am I putting into my body and how does that affect me? Those people are gonna want more of the high quality coffee. So to get back to your original question, sorry to go off on a little tangent here. No, yeah, that makes There's sense. There's a lot of other coffee companies that I've seen that maybe cater towards the health and fitness community. So I would try their coffee. I was like everybody else. I'd order it online. I'd bring it into the gym, share it with friends. And I said, you know, they have a cool brand and a cool concept, but I think I can create better coffee. So it started off as something that, okay, I want to start a coffee company because I had a friend who his, his uh, in-laws have, have farms in Honduras, and they wanted to get me involved with importing some of the green coffee beans. And with my business background, I looked at it and thought, well, this is a very high-risk scenario. You're talking forty dollars or $50,000, depending on the price of the container. You're importing it here uh, into the U.S., and then you have all this coffee. Well, great, you got to turn around and sell it to all these coffee roasters. And I thought with you know, the society we live in today, and there's so many online stores versus brick and mortar, okay, I could start a roasting coffee and, and slowly do this online. So it's something I started doing that, and I really had a passion behind the coffee and, and the health aspect to it. And I said, this is what I want to do. I remember calling a friend of mine, and I had a joke from an old movie. I said, this is where I parked my car hmm. when I was at a coffee expo from, dude, where's my car? <laughs> and I was like, you know, I want to work in coffee. This is what I want to do, and I combine it with my other passions. So I started doing a lot of research and planning it out, and then it led to a side business online, and then it's just really, you know, taken off more. I, I don't think I'll ever have arrived, but, you know, we're still fairly new in the business <laughs> and we're trying to grow the brand. So, you know, meeting people such as yourself, getting getting the word out there. And, you know, I, I, I want to be able to have more of an outreach to the medical community uh, because I do know there's a lot of health benefits to coffee, but it's like anything, right? If you go to the grocery store and you buy one of these, uh, uh, you know, major brands of coffee, uh, you know, the, the Maxwell's, the Folgers, and you get it in a can, it's probably been sitting there for a year, maybe longer wow. sometimes. Uh, it's not high quality. You're not getting the, the nutritional health benefits out of it. Coffee is a food product. Once it's ro roasting, oxygen gets in there and oxidizes and starts to spoil. So you want to drink it as fresh as possible. If you go into any grocery store, you look on the back of a bag, it'll say best before date. Mm -hmm. That's going to be 12 to 18 months out Wow! from when it was raised, uh, roasted. And I always equate it to using an analogy such as if you go into your, your local grocery store and you buy some broccoli with a bunch of preservatives on it and cheese and all this in the frozen food section that's probably been sitting there for a year or two, how much nutritional value are you really getting out of the absorption of, of that versus you know some fresh organic broccoli that was just uh, delivered there from like a co-op that's delivered to your front door? Right. Um, and, and so it's really teaching people about those differences. There, there's good coffee, there's bad coffee, it's just like everything else. It's the quality of what you're putting in your body. I follow uh, Dr. Philip King on Instagram. He's the underscore fit underscore farm D. And uh, Dr. King is all about fitness and weightlifting and being a pharmacist as well and believing in nutrition. And, you know, Dr. Tyler Dalton, who's one of my friends and, and pharmacists that listens to the show, and uh, shout out to you, Tyler. He wrote an article about getting off medication and really using 
a more holistic approach in your life. Now, not going off the range and, you know, being 100 percent, you know, essential oil per se. uh, There's a balance in life between that kind of stuff because you have to listen to your medical professionals and your PharmD and your physicians and your nurses. And but nonetheless, people like uh, Tyler and people like Philip, um, uh, they believe in fitness. They believe in the balance between uh, what nature can do for you as well as what medications can do for you. And I think there is a balance in that. I think we're in a culture, Connor, where we all want a quick fix. And quick fix has never been sustainable. And one of the examples of um, what society has suffered in quick fixing is the opioid epidemic, which is a big deal to me. That's my primary position as director of strategy of New Season. New Season is... Uh, opiate uh, treatment provider, opioid uh, usage disorder treatment provider. Uh, We have uh, almost 80 uh, centers across the entire United States and 22 um, uh, of the states. Uh, Matter of fact, today I'm doing a presentation with um, for the South Florida Behavioral Health Network in order to find funding for patients who don't have any way to treat their opioid usage disorder disease, which is a brain disease. And um, It's amazing that when you think about the quick fix thing um, and the aspect of that, we have pain, you broke your knee, you had some surgery, you went to your physician, your physician prescribed you an opioid for a pain reliever, you were on it for three months, you got addicted, you didn't really do anything wrong, but the next thing you know, you wake up and your brain's been wired to needing it every day. Um, It's amazing because our culture... In the United States, we consume more opioids than any other nation, and it's kind of shocking. What do you think of that facet of quick fix in today's world, and where does coffee fit in? Uh, I'm glad you asked that question. (laughs) Um, You know, one of the things, biggest things I see with people that are trying to get into shape or get fit Um, or or on medications, they're always like, oh, you have one medication, so let's take another to fix this. You know, your blood pressure is high. Let's give you this to fix that. But they're not treating the underlying symptom, right? Everybody wants to take one magical pill that fixes everything. But if you're getting the right amount of sleep, because you got to get enough sleep no matter who you are, and then you're following a proper diet and you're getting enough exercise, especially with the exercise piece after the first two, I think that'll clear up a lot of symptoms for people. I know for me, the worst days I've had in my life, I go for a long run and I sort it out in my head and I feel better. You know, all the endorphins that are released after exercise have, uh, you know, such a, a positive impact on any depression or any bad thoughts you might have. I mean, that runner's high that people talk about is a real thing. Right. I've done, I do lots of different types of exercise, but to me, that's the best drug I've ever had in my life. Yep. Is that runner's high. And it's funny you mentioned the... Uh, the opioid epidemic. So my father's a research psychologist. Oh. And this is something he's, he's in spent, our field. He's done his whole life on behavioral and, and drug rehabilitation research, worked with NIDA, uh, uh, NHI, yeah. um, federal governments, you know, here and abroad, different universities. So he runs the Institute of Behavioral Research through TCU. Okay. So Dr. Patrick Michael Flynn, you, you can Google him. He's getting closer to retirement, but uh, he spent a lot of his life talking about like the opioid epidemic or all these issues that that come about. Right. Um, That's amazing. 
So I'm, I'm you familiar are closer with to all this than I realized. I, a does he bit. drink coffee though? He does drink coffee. <laughs> they, uh, my mother loves our, our Costa Rican coffee, so uh, they're one of my best customers. You know, we send them uh, coffee every month. Uh, so did you grow? Did you grow up in Miami? I did not. So I actually I was conceived probably somewhere in Broward <laughs> County. My sister was born in Fort Lauderdale. My father was finishing his PhD at the University of Miami at the time. It was the very early 80s, and it was the Cocaine Cowboys era. My dad has some crazy stories about being here. <laughs> uh, and he was working actually uh, around the corner from here. The, there was the old Miami Miami Herald building. There was an opioid clinic over there. Oh, wow. Um, he even said that somebody was trying to steal the tires off his car and the rims or, or whatever, and, and even a police officer would not let him go outside because uh, it was too dangerous. Jeez. Um, and then they actually moved away to Arkansas. Um, and then we lived in Buffalo, New York, and then I grew up most of my life in North Carolina. Okay. Uh, and then I did my undergrad at Florida State University where my majors were actually criminology, criminal justice, so I studied a lot about drugs and alcohol and crime and things like that, and uh, psychology. I thought for a while I wanted to follow my father's footsteps, and I started off finance, and then I went into the business world. Uh, I ended up here in Miami in 2006. Um, I went back, to, I worked in financial services for a while, uh, and then the uh, financial crisis hit, but I knew before that I didn't want to keep doing that. Right. So I went back to grad school at Florida International University, got my MBA there, started working on a second master's in accounting, which I realized I didn't like accounting. Uh, me either. And uh, <laughs> then started a couple businesses with former clients of mine, went back into the working world. I've always been involved with sales in some form or fashion, uh, but I, I always told myself if I ever started in another business again, uh, after some of the, you know, I don't call them failures. I call them learning experiences yes, after grad they school. Are. I've been um, there too. It, I mean, if those worked out the way I wanted, I might not be happy, but I'd have a lot more money. <laughs> if those, uh, but the, they taught me a lot of lessons about okay, well, if I'm going to start a business again, I want to be truly passionate about what I'm doing, because I do believe that that you know it might be a, a cliche uh, phrase that everybody's heard, but if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Absolutely, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, so when I walked away from my corporate job and, and did coffee full time, uh, you know, it's, it's a scary thing leaving it behind a huge paycheck working for a big company and you know what you're getting every month and benefits. Yep. But it's one of the best things I've ever done and, and, and I'm very happy about it. But to get back to your original question again, because I'm, I'm all hopped up on RX coffee at the moment. Me too. Moment. I actually feel a little bit of a, a, um, a caffeine buzz kicking in already. <laughs> glad to hear <laughs> Uh, so the, the coffee's place and, and being a quick fix, uh, not that this is a good thing, but you see with a lot of, you know, recovering addicts, they want to replace something with something else that kind of has an effect because caffeine it, it, it essentially is a drug, right? So that can replace it, but there's health benefits to it. Uh, you know, coffee can increase performance. It can stage off Alzheimer's, dementia, cirrhosis of the liver. I think there was one of the largest studies that came out recently with like half a million people or a million people through Europe over time that even showed that drinking three to five cups of coffee a day increases longevity. Um, and uh, so I, I do think there's a place for it in being, being in a fix for people. But it's like anything. If I drink two pots of coffee every day, that's probably not going to be good for me. Absolutely. So it's, it's everything the, in moderation. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the point. You know, if you, I am a great example of being a consistent, inconsistent, I'm an inconsistently consistent non-health um, person. Like I don't concentrate enough on working out and I need to. So I either will go for two months where I work out every other day or I'll go for two months where I didn't even work out at all. And I need to realize that if I want to have a sustainable change, 
longevity as a 46-year-old male who has uh, had um, family members who have suffered with uh, heart issues, including my own father, that should be a red flag for me to start being more consistent and don't do anything um, to the point of overdoing it, whether that be drinking, alcohol, or taking medications, or even runners who run too much. You know, there's always the the ebb and flow to everything. So, in like you said, in moderation. I drink. I start drinking coffee when I um, probably like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. I usually drink until maybe a couple cups until about twelve, and then. I usually stop, but unless I have a dessert or something in the evening, which I don't do that much very often. But you're absolutely right. The moderation thing um, in today's culture, uh, once again, we we want um, a quick fix. We want that feeling. We want to. Sometimes it's it's a stress issue. I think in in looking at myself, if I were to work out more consistently, I would probably have less stress. Uh, there's a natural benefit to working out. And I think that um, there's a balance to it all. I look at pharmacist lives. I look at these people. There's five sectors of pharmacy. There's community pharmacy, institutional pharmacy, senior care, which is like long-term care, health system pharmacy, which is the pharmacist that lives and works in the hospital, uh, compounding pharmacists, which are the ones that are you don't really see them much because they're usually in a lab mixing different um, ingredients to build a very specific prescription and or compound. And then specialty drugs. Specialty drugs are these cancer medications and HIV and hep C medications. And these uh, people that want to become pregnant will, will take special drugs that, um, that, that will help with pregnancy. And so these specialty meds are, are super expensive and hands-on and being tracked and a little bit more intensive, but when I when I think of the pharmacist li- life in any of those sectors of pharmacy, I think of these uh, people that are waking up, going to work, twelve hour days, fourteen hour days, on their feet, um, you know, possibly not eating uh, because they don't have time, um, maybe not getting a break, maybe not being able to exercise, and I I think you know. We all kind of live that fast-paced life, but we have to take a step back and think: if we want, if we want to be able to love our families, um, provide for our families, be a good partner, be a good steward of the community, you have to focus on yourself and and do it in a way that it's not, of course, completely selfish, but have to look back at at, at who you, what you're doing for yourself to to sustain your own health and. I'm going to have to listen to this podcast because that's I'm actually talking to myself. It should be a mirror in this little studio. <laughs> you're, you're brainwashing yourself. That's right. I'm trying you're, to brainwash myself. To to Look, with exercise, <clears throat> one of the biggest excuses people always make is, I don't have time. But you can get a great workout in 10, 15 minutes that's really intense, whether it's, you know, if you spend five minutes trying to do burpees, within a minute or two, you're going to gas Absolutely. out and get tired. Yeah, I've tried um, this. <laughs> so, but if you but if you if you spend start with ten or twenty minutes, you know whether it's going for a walk, like if you get a break from work, hey, some of these people can let me ask you a question. Talk on the phone. I'm always trying to catch the plane, and I'm always late. So when I go between planes, I'm always doing this sprint, like for go. a good ten minutes. So there, maybe I am getting exercise. But what I what I think one of the things is it just becomes a habit after a while. So I don't work out because I feel like it's going to make me look better. I do it for the, the mental gain of it. So the struggle of can I run further? Can I do this? Can I do that? And it just makes me feel good mentally. Um, 
and no matter how much you do it, you, you can always try to improve yourself. So you see the, you know, the improvements, whether it's you're running or lifting weights or trying to be more mobile, doing yoga, whatever it is. But if somebody is to wake up, you know, just 20, 30 minutes earlier and get a workout in every day or do it at the end of their night or middle of their day at some point, you're going to have more energy. You're going to start to feel better. So it increases the quality of your life and the quality of your sleep. We were talking about magic pills earlier. If we could give, um, a, take a person who's very obese and give them a magical pill to make them feel like a fit person just for a couple hours, I think that would motivate them more than anything to start on a path to improving themselves through fitness and diet and sleep um, because they'd realize they get ca caught up in that pattern of just that's the way you feel all the time. You don't feel right. good, but you feel that way all the time. I think your father would chime in and say that some of these issues in health are related to the mental side of the patient and or the person and the way that they feel about themselves Absolutely. and their confidence that they have and uh, what's happened in their life to um, to put them into a corner where <clears throat> where something has progressed that's become a health issue, whether that be obesity, whether that be depression, whether that be um, um, being having high anxiety. I, I and isn't it interesting, Connor? There's a balance between mental health, spiritual health, um, and your physical health. That the mind, body, spirit. In an addiction recovery, that's what we talk about, mind, body, spirit. You can't just – there's organizations out there that say, let's just pray away the addiction. And not that I don't think Jesus couldn't touch you in the head and heal you. Of course, probably could. But in realism, you, you have to think, uh, what's my diet? What medications am I on? Uh, am I working out? Am I So there's this balance to being human that I think we miss uh, just in, in getting either, A, too busy in life like me, or B, uh, down on ourselves and depressed, or C, I mean, there's a whole list of laundry list of what we could come up with, but what you guys are putting out there, the vibe that you're putting out there, doing it through coffee, and there's thousands, millions of coffee drinkers out there throughout the world. Pharmacists um, work these crazy hours, intense stress. Sometimes they're not getting paid for what they're doing. Um, I like this brand because of the sincerity of it. And that's another reason that the Pharmacy Podcast Network wants to announce today that the RX Coffee is the official coffee of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm very excited to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> what can we talk to, to listeners today that are pharmacists to give them a special today to reach out to you and, um, and, and try the RX Coffee brand? Um, well, anybody that listens to this in general can use the discount code podcast to get 15% off an order. Okay. Um, and if any pharmacists are, are interested uh, in learning more or contacting me directly, uh, if you go to our social media page, Instagram, uh, drinkrxcoffee, or email sales at drinkrxcoffee.com, just put that they were trying to reach out to Connor, they heard me on this podcast, and it'll get passed along to me. So I'd be more than happy to respond to them directly. Excellent. Um, I'm a busy guy, but usually late at night I'm going through emails, catching up on yeah, things. Yeah, you responded to me very quickly, so I that's, was impressed. And that's one of the things I always try to do. I got yesterday. I got such a great email from. We got an email from a customer, and she was saying how she normally has anxiety and she can't drink coffee. It's not good for her. But somebody gave her a bag of RX coffee, and she was able to have it, and how good it was, and it didn't give her anxiousness, and it was so delicious, and. 
she it was like this wonderful thank you letter for creating such a great product and i responded to her last night and said thank you you know we'll give you free shipping on your orders from now on that's great that, but that that made my day that makes it all worthwhile to, right. to have that so i'll say a dirty word to coffee drinkers and that's decaffeinated. Do you guys do you guys have it decaffeinated? We have it. I don't think I think we've sold two or three bags ever. I've had it for uh, you know events, so it's not yeah. something we regularly regularly roast. But there's health benefits to drinking decaf coffee too. Okay. One of the interesting things about decaf coffee, people always think it should cost less uh, because there's no caffeine, but there's a process of removing the caffeine from coffee. Okay. People that really drink decaf usually really enjoy the taste of coffee. Right. They, you know, nobody tries coffee for the first time when you're young and says, oh, this is phenomenal. I want to drink this. <laughs> That's right. Actually, actually, my mother, every time I have coffee, I think of my mom. I started drinking coffee without her knowing it when I was about three or four years old. And then I shot off like a like a bullet around the house for like the the next two hours and then I'd collapse in exhaustion for my afternoon nap. But she tells me stories. She would have Bible studies and she would have coffee and nut bread and, you know, have these little pastries. And I would sneak around and basically drink her coffee and then shoot off like yeah so i was not only brainwashed but i liked coffee at it from an early age (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's why i like whiskey i think my when i you know when we were younger people would give you they would rub like whiskey on on your pacifier if you had a toothache that's right my grandfather was a pediatrician so that was done to me and this is on my mom's side of the family (laughs) but my dad's side of the family's irish hence the name connor uh but maybe that that's why i started to like whiskey when i got older and i'm not much of a drinker these days anymore (laughs) I prefer more the uh, you know the health and fitness pursuit, but uh, maybe that's uh, you know your coffee's tie into to your brainwashing at an early age. <laughs> that's right, I was. Well, I'm excited that we're we're kicking this off once again. Drink RX Coffee. You could even use hashtag RX Coffee because that really picks up many of the posts that you guys put out there on Instagram. But the 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 tag for Instagram is Drink RX Coffee, right? Correct. Yes, and and. For any of the listeners out there too, I mean, the health and fitness, you know, aspect. I love when people tag us or they take pictures with our shirts on at fitness events or, you know, inspirational things. Because I'm out there doing this too. Uh, you know, I like running. I like lifting weights. I like the CrossFit. I like the obstacle course racing stuff. Um, I'm trying to put out a good message for our brand. You know, I for a while I was all about like you know. Let's create a, a highly caffeinated blend, which we're going to do somewhat. But my friend John Kelly over at Live Free CrossFit said you need to educate people on how caffeine works. You know the effect, and I'm sure farmers know just know this, and and the dangers of too much caffeine versus the right amount of caffeine. Right. So it's getting that message across. But uh, my point being, uh, I came back to this, uh, uh, is that. I'm out there trying to live the, the health and fitness life, and you mentioned before with all the different aspects, whether it's uh, your, your, your profession and you're busy, it's always a juggling act. It's always yep. balance, trying to find it. Nobody's perfect. Um, I'm trying to get out there and, and live and preach what our brand's delivering. You know, for example, uh, I'm running a 50-mile ultra marathon race in March. Oh, wow. With my friends from Focus Movement Academy, my friend Christian Bizzotto and those guys, and we're doing it to raise money for a charity called Warrior Focus Foundation, which helps at-risk use here from the some of the uh, less fortunate parts of Miami to get them into fitness programs and teach them about a warrior mindset, how to you know, overcome obstacles in life. So that's awesome. doing the Everglades 50, it's a 50 mile trail run. You're not allowed to listen to music because that's cheating. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, it's because you have to pay attention to the trail. So we're doing that to, to raise money for fitness. But 
uh, I think anybody can run a marathon or do one of these long races. You know, even if you have, uh, you know, you know, uh, you're missing a leg, you can do it adaptive or in a, w a wheelchair, whatever it is. It's it's a battle of ten thousand questions. So I feel like if I can do these things, other people can do them, and I want to share their message and, and what it is that they're going through in, in in life and whatever they're doing. I mean, social media is a very powerful tool. There's uh, an, an adaptive athlete in CrossFit named, uh, I think he goes by Chasing Michael Mills on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I follow him and I communicate back and forth with him every now and then. But he's a guy that competes in CrossFit events and he's in a wheelchair. That's it's incredible. so inspiring to see. It is. And he had a great post the other day where he was talking about this girl, I think that got a staph infection or spine and she can't walk and she's in a wheelchair and he was going to help her train or something That's along incredible. those lines too. But it's such a powerful tool to be able to have this coffee company that ties into all these other interests and to influence and see other people that influence me daily too. Right. So how long does it take to get really ready for a true marathon? I I shouldn't be asking my one of my favorite cousins, Kelly Montalione up in Claremont, Florida. Um, she started dating this guy, Dan, who um, is a it takes care of, he's a professional giraffe uh caretaker he really understands diet and yeah exactly like he specializes in giraffes and he's good at it i mean they and and dan was a massive runner and you know went to all these marathons uh chicago and new york boston and stuff and he got kelly into it and kelly conditioned herself and now she runs marathons and i'm just like holy crap like you know I don't have any desire to run a marathon. I like running and I like swimming because I was a swimmer in high school and a little bit in pre-college. And But to run that, what is it? Is it 23 or 22 miles? Uh, it's 26.2 miles of the marathon. Um, I think anybody can do it. It's a battle of 10,000 questions and you just prepare for it. The, f the first time I did a marathon, I just... I was never much of a runner and I got into my late 20s and I remember I was at a family reunion and got an argument with some of my cousins or my sister and I ran 45 minutes in one direction and I thought, oh crap, I, I got to run back. <laughs> and then that runner's high guy, I'm like, okay, I'm going to see, I'm going to run a little further, a little further. And I was two or three months out and I said, I'm going to run a marathon. That's incredible. I just decided to do it and I, and I did it. But, um, you know, there's always different, there's so much information online about how to train for it. It's just, you know, I think it's like, you run a little bit further. You run a little bit further. You do this. If you got to walk part of the marathon, you you do it. But that's right. I think it can be done. But I think my goal in fitness was always, uh, and this is uh, uh, Coach Renee from Yellow Falcon has this on his uh, uh, Instagram, where it's like, I want to outlift the runners and outrun the lifters. <laughs> and I think that's a good motto for fitness, because yeah, you want to be able to have some strength, you know, not be the the stick skinny mar marathon runner, because right. you want to be able to lift things up. But at the same time, you want to you don't want to be this giant bodybuilder type that can't run five blocks. Yep, that's a really and there you there you go. It comes back to what we were talking about about balance and being able to really um, do both sides of of running versus lifting and strength. Because uh, I you know I think of myself used to love lifting weights and did it religiously until I was probably about thirty. And now I need to get back into it because I've seen tone and I've seen even strength. And I've even seen um, when I do exercise, I feel that soreness that you can easily get over if you just keep going. And um, but that's exciting. Um, I'm, I'm glad that we got together. I'm glad that we did this podcast. I'm going to put this out onto the Pharmacy Podcast Network through a channel that we're coming up with called Pharmacy Podcast Nation, which is our catch all show. And it really talks about all of our individual 22 shows. 
um, and lifting up the 30 PharmDs who participate in content on the network. But if you're listening and you want to follow Connor and his uh, mission and his brand, it's Drink RX Coffee. Um, Connor, this has been really uh, fun, and I really much appreciate that you invited me to uh, podcast headquarters for your own podcast. When did you start podcasting? I started podcasting, you know, I had done some podcasts years ago, but I started podcasting uh, last year with uh, my friend Christian from Focus Movement Academy. Uh, I did a podcast with him, and then my second guest was uh, Danny, who's the owner of CrossFit Soul, which is... Uh, and they have powerlifting programs and online programs. They train. They, he's trained the winner of the CrossFit Games before. I have a couple questions for you. Sure. There's a lot of coffee companies out there doing CBD coffee, and I know there's benefits and health benefits to CBD, but there's a lot of snake oil out there, so to speak, in, in, in the market as well. Um, you know, what is the future of that in pharmacy? Because I know some people, some pharmacies are selling that, and I know a little bit about the topic, but I just wanted to. You know, pick your brain on that. I always look for subject matter experts who have written or have uh, published works that are trusted works that are peer-reviewed by other medical professionals, and that's who I gravitate towards when you start hearing the buzzwords, CBD oil, and what is the future of medical cannabis, and what you know, what's hemp, and did the differentiation of all that so cv sciences is actually a sponsor of the pharmacy podcast network and cv that's c as in um cat v as in victor science cv sciences there's a man named stuart tonk and he is a subject matter expert on cbd oil and he actually has been on our show two or three times where he breaks literally breaks down the uh, mystery of CBD oil. Which episode is that? From when I go so, to it. Um, if you Google CV Sciences, plural, CV Sciences Pharmacy Podcast, it'll come right up. Okay. Um, but in the show notes of this podcast, when we repost it, I'll put the links down in the show notes too. But for people that wonder what's what's the benefit to my health for CBD oil, you and I have been talking about not doing things on the extreme. And that's the exact same thing with CBD oil. Does it fit in healthcare? Absolutely, yes, it does. Should you be talking with your pharmacist and your physician about it? Yes, you should. Should you just go off and go to a bud tender and he's like, hey man, you know this CBD oil is awesome. No, absolutely not. Go to somebody that knows what they're talking about. Start with your pharmacist. Start with a concierge pharmacist who really um, personalizes um, a, an entire health care plan for you, which, by the way, should include fitness and health, uh, I mean, fitness and exercise and diet. Um, but CBD oil has amazing properties um, to anxiety and, um, and to um, sleep and to certain disorders that you can use because it's, it's, it's nature, it's, but it needs to be put in the right hands. It needs to be put in the hands of somebody who knows what they're doing. I don't, I don't believe in, um, you know, recreational marijuana, for example. I think that cannabis, which is the more of the medical term, I think it should be used in the hands of a physician and a pharmacist in order to deliver what it was intended to do. And the same thing with CBD, which is, you know, no, they extract out of the whole mechanism. I don't know the science of it per se, 
but they take out the THC and all you have is the CBD or the the health benefits of what it is. And I personally don't understand it other than listening to Stuart. But nonetheless, yeah, look up that podcast. It's a fascinating conversation that he has with a physician. I, I certainly will. And and one of the things I'm always fascinated about too is also uh, you know the anti aging community. Yes. And all how there's there's so much about you know different things such as NAD or NMN or people taking like this. I hear about like met, metformin to stage off longevity. There's a number of different compounds I always hear about. What do you, what do you know about the anti-aging community, how that ties into pharmacy? So once again, there are pharmacists out there who have specialized. There's a woman named Dr. Mona, and she has an Instagram that's just on fire. She's an amazing marketer of herself and of her you know con- consultation for skin products that help women with aging. and. And I think, once again, I think there's a balance between, like you said, the snake oil sales person and people and the true um, molecular science chemistry of these compounds and of these, you know, these substances. And I think that people probably would be anticlimactic in hearing this, but it's not as complicated as you think even though there's organizations that want to take advantage of people and start throwing around buzzwords. And then, of course, they just want to sell their wares and they want to sell their products. So it comes down to, once again, sustainability, balance and consistency, nutrition, exercise. Um, But there are products out there that I think are better than others. And once again, I think you have to go back to a medical professional that a dermatologist that specializes in that, if that's their science and that's their gig and that's what they do, they're not going to steer you wrong. And if you're on a budget and you say, hey, I can't afford the $80, $120 you know, skin cream or vitamin, is there, is there an alternative? Guess what? There's always an alternative because there's natural products and foods out there that would probably do the same thing. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I always think like, Somebody always explained to me it's it's always best to go the all natural route. If there's a an herb or some food you can eat more of that's going to help you out right. from that effect, then Blueberries. you go after that first, yep. and, then, and then you go after the the drugs. Um, and, and you one of the things I I wanted to mention too, you were bringing up before about people just you know go to the expert, right? Right. So the best doctors I've ever met one of my one of my uncles is a great example of this. I would ask him a question. He was an infectious disease specialist who transitioned over to the pharmaceutical side, which yeah. some people would say that's the dark side. Um, I think it's all in balance. Exactly. Uh, but I would ask him a question. He said, you know, that's a great question. He goes, I know a little bit about it, but you should really consult with an expert in that field. And the right. best doctors will always point you in that direction. Absolutely. there's a lot of doctors out there that are just general practitioners that maybe don't even have as much knowledge as you or I because they're seeing patients all day and they're right. not up to the the latest research or literature on it. The irritation is when a patient comes to a physician or their pharmacist and they start talking about what they found on Google or what they found on the internet. Or I watched a YouTube <laughs> video on this, and there's a there's a there's a physician that's doing a great job in coming out with what he calls Health Three uh, or he says .0. and it's uh, Doctor Zubin Demania, and and he's known as Z Dog MD. And he does parody videos, and he's just amazing. He does another thing called Doc Vader, and I'm a big Star Wars fan. so, And he's hilarious, but he brings intelligence, and he brings science, and he brings 
experts, and he never he never poses himself as the end all be all expert. He always goes out and finds the experts to come on and talk about certain issues and talk about. And I think that's the most intelligent, most sincere people and or healthcare professionals and or experts in anything, including your friend Ethan, who's a specialist in social media law will always go and find another expert to collaborate with. And I think that when you start putting the experts together, I think you'll come out with the best information. I have another question for you in relation to pharmacy. Uh, I heard the other day that drug prices are on the decline. Is that true? So um, everybody wants to know, you know, you, you have your prescription from your physician. Let's talk community pharmacy for a second. You take it. You give your prescription over. They're saying, hey, it's going to be 20 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever that wait is. Um, they're probably wondering why does it take so long uh, to put one, you know, pills from a big bottle into a small bottle. Have no idea of the science that's what's taking place to make sure that the, the, the medication isn't going to kill you and drug-drug interactions and drug-allergy interactions. Drug price, and then people see their their copay and they're like, wait a second, why'd the copay change or why'd the pricing change? Why does it seem so high? And they look at the pharmacists as, as the community or the, the populace looks at the pharmacists with a glare on their face, and they're like, they're irritated. They're like, why is this so expensive? And then everybody wants to blame pharma. And then everybody wants to blame the medical community or the lobbyists or something. One facet that's a hidden part of the pharmaceutical drug supply chain that nobody knows about unless you're in it is called the PBM, and that stands for Pharmacy Benefit Manager. The pharmacy benefit manager was invented to negotiate pricing and to bring down drug drug prices. And I think this really arose up in the 80s, in the 1980s. Now there are lots of PBM practices that are extremely questionable. So if, if you were to ask me, someone that's been in the pharmacy industry now for 15 years, what if I had to put my finger on one aspect, which it isn't just one, it's a mixture of things, but the, the biggest culprit is the PBM. The PBM, the, the, the pharmacy benefit manager, is marking things up, playing with things called drug rebates, which sits between the manufacturer and the PBM and the employer of these big, you know, sometimes there's employers out there that have thousands of employees. The PBM is the culprit. And if, and I, there is a, there is a reform happening. It started in Ohio. It's happening in Pennsylvania where PBM reform is finally coming. So finally, our politicians are being educated on what the pharmacy benefit manager was supposed to do. And I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying they've gotten out of hand. They've had some very intelligent lawyers craft some very intelligent algorithms. And those algorithm, algorithms shot drug prices way up. And their stock price and their returns and their profitability went through the roof. And if you research PBMs and if anybody listening to this, that, that's the culprit of drug prices. So, yes, I think drug prices, we're going to see things subside. We're going to see things coming down because of the attention that's being put on the PBMs. But there's still a lot of work to be done. Your community pharmacist, the pharmacist that owns their own business, those are the people that are suffering worse than any other pharmacy sector of those five pharmacy sectors that I mentioned, that privately owned pharmacy, they're the ones that are being impacted. Because guess what? How the big chains, I'm not going to say names, but the big, big chains, some of them own their own PBM. 
think we all know who those are. They're usually right across the street from each <laughs> That's other. Right. Same color. But what I'm saying is they own imagine imagine RX coffee growing so big that you own the coffee bean grower, you own the distrib- distribution house, you own the uh, the the Bitcoin currency uh, provider, and you make this cyclical engine that you can go to this small coffee roaster and force them to use your brand of coffee, and then six months later, uh, charge them another fee on top of it and take money back from them um, based on your uh, intelligent algorithm that you've invented. And that's what the PBM does to the community pharmacist. It's crazy. I have to ask. I have a friend who owns two uh, pharmacies here in Miami, Modern. Just say Midtown PBM, pharmacy. and his his blood pressure will go up. Yeah, he's an attorney. <laughs> he's a, a tax attorney by trade, but his family they own a couple pharmacies. So I know that's it's got to be tough to try to yeah. compete with the big boys in that area. It is because the big boys can do volume; they can take less, you know, per prescription. And by the way, we shouldn't be paying pharmacists. This is also changing. Now you got me on a soapbox. So we shouldn't be paying pharmacists for transactions we should be paying pharmacists for outcomes so a pharmacist that concentrates on you and i for the disorders that we have and the multiple medications that we take a pharmacist should be involved in that Uh, some patients more than others not everybody if you just need a vaccine and you're done and you're off and you're ready then you don't need to see a pharmacist all the time but the the older population and the intensive um, needs population that are that are under distress that have chronic conditions that they need a pharmacist in their life they need someone that can balance um, what drugs you're taking what amounts you're taking what other things are happening in your life your nutrition your exercise you need a, a you need those that concierge pharmacist that believes you relationship exactly manager. you need a relationship pharmacist exactly right. absolutely. And someone that drinks coffee, because I think that would help too. <laughs> yeah, with, with look, if there's specific pharmacies that want to reach out to us too about doing private labeling, that's something we offer as well. That's a great idea. Um, and, and we're more than happy to do that for people. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see how we can get more involved and how this will all work. And Yeah, I think we're going to do Pharmacy Podcast Network. We're going to do some T-shirt contests. We're going to do some Instagram posts and Twitter. And we'll do some, you know, who can hashtag RX Coffee the most. And we'll do fun things this year. It'll it'll be fun. This podcast is available, I'm I'm assuming, you know, iTunes, on Stitcher, Google Play, all the major platforms. So I'm excited. I mean, we've been podcasting for 10 years as of March 2nd of 2019. our podcast is ranked in the top 100 podcasts in business news in the United States, and there's 600,000 registered podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So we're on the top 100. So that shows you, and by the way, if you're a podcaster out there, the key to your podcast becoming popular as you progress is number one, consistency, and then number two, constantly improving constantly improving your sound, constantly improving your marketing, and never stopping. I have, haven't stopped now for 10 years, and that's the reason that we're a global leader now in what is pharmacy podcasting. How often do you do a podcast? So we have 30 PharmDs participating in content. We'll put out between three and five podcasts per week. Oh, wow. On different subjects. I'm just trying and to do one or sectors. two a month. <laughs> keep consistent with it. It's just yeah. trying to find good content and good oh, yeah. people and stay con- consistent with everything else I'm doing. Absolutely. I would love to just be able to have, you know, especially from the medical community, I'm always fascinated to sit down by people, 
sit down with people such as yourself that knows about pharmacy or doctors and different people. I think you should so invite from them. you should invite CV Sciences to talk about CBD infused XYZ. So CBD infused lotions, CBD infused coffee. See, there's CBD infused wine. I think you should get. There's CBD-infused pizza I saw even in Fort, in Fort Lauderdale here. I thought that's crazy. That like, is you don't crazy. need to put CBD on your no. pizza. You can just, just take it separate. It's... I think they're just trying to jump on a hot top, a hot Absolutely. word. Absolutely. Yeah. But, Stuart, yeah, have Stuart on. He loves talking about stuff. And I, I don't know if Stuart's a coffee drinker or not. But I'll bribe uh, him with coffee. Is that, <laughs> that how right. I do it? <laughs> this was fun. Okay. I think this is going to be a fun partnership. Uh, drink RX Coffee. Uh, part of the uh, now pharmacy podcast network the official coffee of the pharmacy podcast network so i'm excited connor possibly design some custom packaging for you in the future too yeah our logos work the black and white logo i love it thanks for listening to the pharmacy podcast nation a special thank you to mr connor flynn of rx coffee for being the official brand of coffee of the pharmacy podcast network for all of our shows please check us out pharmacypodcast.com and thank you so much for listening to the pharmacy podcast